What's going on, guys? It is No Sleeves 12 with another episode of Short Side Wristers. Took a day off uh, to kind of get back into the swing of things after this busy weekend. I was at Detroit's esports event, the land they had there, so I guess I could go into some detail and talk about that. But uh, I kind of want to give a brief overview of that, as well as the new Hut content, discuss my thoughts on it being released, and maybe discuss my thoughts on uh, early Team of the Year stuff. So let's hop right into it. First, let's just quickly go over the new Hut content. So since the last time we spoke, the trade deadline passed. Great deadline for a few teams, not so good for others. Rip the Ottawa Senators, I'll pour one out. But uh, here we are. So quickly, let's just discuss how that impacts Hut. With the new um, way that they're doing it, the collectibles, uh, I got burned by it. So usually with master set player items, we go by the grand rule that uh, as the event continues, since sunsets are basically non-existent as far as trading in your collectibles for sunset player items or other things, uh, you just wait long enough, and collectible people that are trying to sell collectibles, anyways, um, will get desperate, and the drop, the price will drop. Okay, that seemed about right. I made the Forsberg for the 97, and then I made the Gabrick. Then the problem now herein lies. I was like, okay, perfect. I'll wait to make the Ben Bishop. Uh, the prices will drop a ton, and then uh, I'll get them for cheap. Then EA decided to make new master set player items available throughout the trade deadline. Uh, that hadn't really happened unannounced. I mean, with uh, the Christmas one, we knew that we were going to give out four or five, but they were different collectibles. Uh, with the trade deadline happening, they basically just added in new cards for the trade deadline. Essentially, now there was two new cards that required trade deadline collectibles, the, the 96 Duchesne and the 96 Mark Stone. So that basically eliminated the crash in collectibles. Um, so that was a rip. But uh, let, me, uh, give, let me give you my thoughts on that and uh, how it impacts you guys going forward. Since the trade deadline has passed, there won't be any other ones. I don't have any game changer confirmations of that, but just logic states that they're not going to release another random master set player item, meaning that now the market will crash. So they were originally going for about 45k to 50 when Forsberg and Gabrick were first announced. I made my Forsberg when it was like 40k, which is a big rip. But he was cheaper because you had the uh, free 90 overall, which only required 16 collectibles. And then if you had the two free ones from doing offline hut challenges and whatnot, you basically only had to get 14. Whereas the Gabrick requires 20, unless you somehow magically packed the 90. And then um, the same thing with the Bishop needing the 88 Ben Bishop. So... How it's going to go now is people are going to get the comp season rewards, which are trade deadline collectible packs. They're going to open up those, and they're going to pack a lot more trade collectibles, meaning that they'll just get rid of them. People will also open packs every weekend, and uh, some will still get the trade deadline collectibles trying to make a buck. And since there's no new cards, they will now drop. But the fact that there's four Master Set player items, a lot of people will try and make all four. So it won't be as a dramatic crash as it was for, let's say, the Christmas event. Um, but let's just do uh, some, some quick numbers on it. I have a video going in detail about some cards that you really want to target. But uh, for these ones, understand that once these cards are gone, like all the other events, they are gone. Which means they spike in value. So the 297s, those are endgame cards, guys. They are more than likely never going to go off of your team now. 
for the rest of the year. So the Gabrick and the excuse me, the Gabrick and the Forsberg, you're going to have on your team for pretty much the entire time, even if unless you have a full 99 team, which some people do, the majority of us won't. Um, you're going to want to pick those guys up. You can get Forsberg right now for under 450k, a 97 um, overall card that you can um, basically use for the rest of the game. Insanely worth it. Gabrick's around 600, and then Duchesne and Mark Stone are in packs, so they're a little bit cheaper than they would be if they were just master set player items, but you can get those for around 600k. Duchesne a little bit cheaper. Mark Stone obviously a little bit more expensive. Mark Stone also being a right-handed shot, insanely valuable because there is not a lot of good ones. So uh, that being said, you want to target those, and now would be the time. Wait as long as you can. Save up some coins and whatnot right before they are gone from packs. Uh, I believe it's the 3rd of March, which would be... Uh, just quickly looking at the calendar, we're looking at, uh, that would be the Sunday night. That's when it looks like they are out of packs. So this weekend, look, Saturday and Sunday, after everyone opens their packs uh, on Thursday from the comp seasons or Friday. Actually, I don't know when the comp seasons end, does it end just before. You're going to get a lot of packs opened on the Friday, regardless, because of all the new legends and anything like that that gets released on every Friday. Um, so that would be this weekend. On the Sunday, that is when I would look to cash in. The collectible prices will drop because either people will either get stuck with them because sunsets are pointless or uh, just sell them for super cheap and try to make any coins that they can. That is when you want to cash in. Make as many of these as you can. The Ben Bishop specifically is probably going to be the best card in net, although goalies don't matter. Uh, you're going to get all season long. He is the biggest goaltender. There isn't going to be any 99s that are bigger than him. Um, so, you know, when you combine the stats and his size, he's an endgame card and probably the best goaltender. He's going for like 600k right now. Um, wait for him. He'd be the one I would target, honestly. He'd be the one i target if you, uh, if you believe in goaltenders being, you know, of importance. I don't. Um, if you play good defense, you know, it doesn't matter who's in that. But he's going to be the best goaltender probably for the rest of the game, stat and size-wise. I'm also going to discuss this a little bit more in detail in a video I have coming out about the cards to avoid as well. Please, for the love of God, avoid legends now, guys. So if you wanted to, throughout the year, there was a few biggie legends that came in packs randomly. For example, the Brian Leach, the 93 overall, the 94 Solani, uh, the 95... Uh, Jacques Plante, the the new Patrick Waugh, the Brian Trotcha. You guys know what I'm talking about. All those. Now is the time to avoid them. Do not invest tons of coins in the Gila Floor, for example. He's going for like two mil. The reason why these cards are so expensive um, all season was well because they were insanely good, but they were overpriced because they were rare. Let's take uh, the 94 Peter Forsberg, for example. At one point, he was going for 2.4 million as a 94 overall. When the Lemieux and Gretzky, you could get for basically 2.8 to 3 mil. Ridiculous. The logic doesn't make any sense. But because they are so rare, buying <clears throat> supply and demand becomes a thing. And uh, here we are. Now is the time to avoid them. Because what is about to come is Team of the Year. If you don't know what Team of the Year is, basically, at the end of the year, all of the best players from the real NHL get Team of the Year cards, uh, Defensive Team of the Year, Community Team of the Year, when we vote, I believe. Uh, and they get uh, a boost an upgrade, and they also upgrade throughout the rest of the year, at least those ones that uh, from, from prior years. So meaning that if a 89 goes to gets a 95 overall team of the year, they will also upgrade. They act like Evos if they make the playoffs and they have a good playoff run and they get playoff cards, things like that. So they are 
way more valuable than what you're going to. So, uh, again, I'm just going to name a few because I don't want to ruin the video, but Nathan McKinnon would be one. You can get him for like 500k right now. He's going to be either a 98 or 99 in a few weeks. So, it doesn't make any sense. If you're going to spend 500k, might as well grab a guy that's going to be a 99 shortly over someone like 500k, the Mars, the 95 Marcel Dion. So, uh, again, guys, that's just something to keep in mind. Don't go after the legends now. Uh, they're cool. If you really like the player, sure, absolutely. But if you want to build the best team and make and get the best bang for your buck, now is the time to switch from legends to evos. And now, guys, I want to talk about uh, the Detroit esports event. Now, I know a ton of you uh, in my comments don't like it when I talk about esports, um, which I can understand. It's not uh, doesn't have the biggest demographic. But uh, let me make a quick uh, let me make a quick statement about that. Well, I can totally understand why it's not. Um, you know, a big, gigantic interest. A lot of players don't find interest in esports if, you know, they're not competing in it, which, I again, I totally understand. Um, you know, and it's versus. The NHL is dominated by Hut, and these versus tournaments were in versus, and a lot of people find that boring when the same team is playing against the same team. So I totally get that. But esports is how we are going to grow this game. Um, you know, aside from the NHL getting more popular, it's the fourth most popular you know, popular sport in North America, unfortunately. So it's going to have the smallest fan base when it comes to the video game. That's just, you know, mathematics. Um, and esports is even smaller of each community. So Madden and FIFA and all that, they have a very small portion that's, uh, you know, interested in esports, and the NHL has a much smaller f fan base than all of those. So, um, you know, it makes sense as to why a lot of you guys don't really like it when I talk about esports. So I'm going to save it to the end of my podcast as opposed to the beginning. So if you guys don't want to listen to it, I totally understand. That being said, this event, I have a little bit more to talk about because I was actually there. The Red Wings and Gamer Saloon brought me to the event to help produce it. So I worked behind the scenes to make sure the stream went well and uh, and all of that helped with uh, making sure that the competitors and whatnot had everything they needed for the games. And uh, yeah, it was fantastic. So just to briefly describe, I was brought in on Saturday. I went with uh, Johnny or the Oway and TDI. We made the drive to Detroit, which was uh, about four and a half, five hours. And, uh, yeah, so Saturday night we got to help set up the event. That was good. Again, we get to see behind the scenes how much effort and, and things and technology goes into these events. Um, so that was good. And we also got a tour from the Detroit Red Wings. We got to go all throughout the arena. So the Little Caesars Arena um, is brand new, basically. So it was awesome to see behind the scenes. They have this amazing underground rink where there was a peewee tournament going on. On the Saturday, nothing was happening up top. Basically, we were the only ones there. And we go down this elevator, and there's just like 100 people um, for this peewee tournament in this, in this random underground practice rink. So that was really cool. It's totally state-of-the-art. It was amazing. Um, Saturday night, we went out for dinner with Arda, if you know who that is. Uh, he's the commentator that did the event, as well as Dirk. To, they did a great job commentating and calling all the action. If you watch the Detroit stream, they were amazing. It was great to kind of um, you know shoot the shit with Arda for a couple years. He's had a very interesting career when it comes to commentating and uh, you know and just being a color guy for different things. He worked for the WWE, which I didn't know, um, so I got to hear kind of some cool stories about that. But also discuss, you know, how how NHL, where NHL is going to go and things like that as far as esports goes. Uh, then we met up with John Wayne 
and some other guys in the community at the casino. Had a great night at the casino, not going to lie. Uh, being from Niagara Falls, I'm kind of bored of the casino. Happens when you're pretty young and you live around here. Uh, you know, you lose enough paychecks early on when you're 19. Kind of turns you away, but I won quite a bit of money uh, on the on the Saturday night at the casino, so that was good. And then me, PJ, or sorry, TDI, and Johnny all headed back to our hotel and whatnot for the event the next day. The event started. We got there around 10 a.m. Started at 11, and then it was pretty much all go, go, go. It was right in the middle of the concourse, so there was tons of people that stopped and watched, which was awesome. Uh, kind of made a buzz for the event. Um, again, the uh, I was doing a ton of running around, trying to update the scores and the other games that were of the casters, give them information on the backstories of some of the players. Um, and again, I was in contact with the guy who was running running the tournament through Gamer Saloon about uh, you know some technical problems or ideas and thoughts. It was just very very good experience to see how these events are run, and I hope I get to be involved in it again. Now, what the coolest part was, other than the fact that um, we got to go to the Sharks game, the Sh- well. The Sharks were playing Detroit, which was hilarious for me because I'm a diehard Sharks fan, as you know. Uh, the Sharks won. It was a good game. It was a little touch and go there for a little bit in the early. Uh, it looked real bad for the Sharks. But anyways, they won. Then after the game, the finals was played down on the ice, well, on the bench. So John Wayne and Hockey Kings got to play the finals down on the bench. That was awesome. So we snuck down, and we got to go out onto the bench, play we, me and Owe and, and Tactics. If you guys know who Tactics is, I also met him. He was there for the event. We got to play a few games on the bench while we waited. Awesome experience. The game was displayed on the Jumbotron for everyone that was still there. Um, and uh, it was amazing. John Wayne ended up winning. Uh, I did get a, some pictures on the ice before getting kicked off. And, uh, yeah, man, it was just a very, very good weekend. And seeing it now, I just have this urge to go to every event that I can just because, A, meeting all the top guys in the community as well as seeing how it's run in the background. It was it was just super fun. If you guys watched the stream, let me know what you thought of the event. Uh, also, if you don't like esports, let me know why. Um, what would make it interesting for you guys? Would it be more interesting if Versus was hut? That's something I would always, always want to know. It kind of kills the 1v1, everyone gets the same player, so the competitiveness at the top end, I can see the argument there. But as a viewer, um, you guys who are watching my, watching my channel, my content, would you guys be more interested if it was hut? Let me know in the comment section below again, and uh, I, would love, I would love to hear your take on it. So, guys, again, that uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of Short Side Wristers. If you watch me on Twitch, guys, I'm no longer on in the morning. My shifts at work switch to 8 to 4 p.m. Monday to Friday, meaning that coffee and shell is no more. I will be streaming from 6.30, uh, sometimes 6. So we're going to say 6.37, no matter what the latest start time would be, 7, until about 10 p.m., maybe a little bit more. The good thing about streaming at night is that there's flexibility, meaning that I don't have to go anywhere at noon, and it's a hard stop. If I want to keep streaming, I can keep streaming. So, guys, uh... Hope you guys check me out on Twitch at no sleep or sorry www.twitch.tv slash no sleeves twelve. It's in the comment section down below. And uh, yeah, guys, I appreciate it all. Thank you for thank you for listening or watching. And uh, yeah, leave me a comment. Have a good one, guys.